Section 6 of Poems of American History, Volume 5, The Period of Expansion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ed Humple. Poems of American History, Volume 5, The Period of Expansion, by Various. Chapter 5 the war with spain section one for three centuries and a half spain held possession of the island of cuba although she had lost long before her possessions in north and south america the cubans desired freedom for the spanish yoke was a galling one and as early as eighteen twenty two sympathy with this desire was openly expressed in the united states apostrophe to the island of cuba November, 1822. There is blood on thy desolate shore, thou island of plunder and slaves. Thy billows are purpled with gore, and murder has crimsoned thy waves. The vengeance of nations will come, and wrath shall be rained on thy head, and in terror thy voice shall be dumb, when they ask for their brothers who bled. Thy hand was not stirred when their life-blood was spilt, and therefore that hand must partake in the guilt. Thou art guilty or weak, and the rod should be wrenched from thy palsied hand. By the pirate thy green fields are trod, and his steps have polluted thy land. Unmoved is thy heart in thine eye, when our dear ones are tortured and slain but their blood with a terrible cry calls on vengeance and calls not in vain if europe regard not our land shall awake and thy walls and thy turrets shall tremble and shake the voice of a world shall be heard and thy faith shall be tried by the call and that terrible voice shall be feared and obeyed or the proud one shall fall Enough of our life has been shed in watching and fighting for thee. If thy foot linger still on thy head, the guilt and the vengeance shall be. We have sworn that the spirit of Allen shall lead, and our wrath shall not rest till we finish the deed. James Gates Percival The people of Cuba revolted against their Spanish rulers in 1848 and kept up a guerrilla warfare for some years. In August, 1851, a filibustering expedition, led by Narciso Lopez, sailed from New Orleans. The expedition was captured, and most of its members were executed, among them Lopez himself, and Colonel William L. Crittenden of Kentucky, who, with fifty others, was shot at Havana, August 16th. The Gallant Fifty-One who formed part of the Lopez expedition, and were executed by the Spanish authorities in Havana. August 16, 1851 Freedom called them. Up they rose, grasped their swords and showered blows on the head of freedom's foes, and freedom's foes alone. Fate decreed that they should die. Pitying angels breathed a sigh. Freedom wildly wept on high for the gallant fifty-one. There they stood in proud array, none for mercy there would pray, none would coward looks betray, all stood forth with fearless eye, showing by their dauntless air what their noble souls could dare, 
showing to the tyrants there how freedom's sons could die. None there strove their fate to shun, gallant band of fifty-one. Then a voice the stillness broke, t'was their gallant leader spoke, scorning to receive death's stroke, kneeling humbly on the sod, gazing calmly on the dead, whose life-blood had just been shed, proudly then the words he said, Americans kneel but to God. Perish thus Kentucky's son, leader of the fifty-one. Rejoice, sons of Thermopylae, kindred spirits join with thee, who fell in fight for liberty, for freedom's sacred name. Future days their deeds shall tell, how they nobly fought and fell, youthful bosoms proudly swell at mention of their fame. Rays of light from freedom's sun, gallant band of fifty-one. Honor's rays will ever shed glory round their hallowed bed, though their hearts are cold and dead, though their sands of life have run, still their names revered will be among the noble and the free, glorious sons of liberty, gallant band of fifty-one. Henry Linden Flash Spain at last found it necessary to put the whole island under martial law, and American sympathy grew more outspoken. Cuba, 1870. Is it not, is it not, that the south wind brings her wail to our shore, that the spoilers compass our desolate sister? Is it not? Must we say to her, strive no more, with the lips wherewith we loved her and kissed her? With the mocking lips wherewith we said, Thou art the dearest and fairest to us, of all the daughters the sea hath bred, of all green-girdled eyes that woo us. Is it not? Must ye wait? Must ye wait till they ravage her gardens of orange and palm, till her heart is dust, till her strength is water? Must ye see them trample her and be calm as priests when a virgin is led to slaughter? Shall they smite the marvel of all lands, the nation's longing, the earth's completeness, on her red mouth dripping myrrh, her hands filled with fruitage and spice and sweetness? Must ye wait? In the day, in the night, in the burning day, in the dolorous night, her sun-brown cheeks are stained with weeping, her watch-fires beacon the misty height. Why are her friends and lovers sleeping? Ye, at whose ear the flatterer bends, who were my kindred before all others, hath he set your hearts afar, my friends? Hath he made ye alien, my brothers, day and night? Hear ye not, Hear ye not from the hollow sea the sound of her voice, the passionate far-off tone which saith, Alas, my brothers, alas, what choice, the lust that shameth, the sword that slayeth. They bind me, they rend my delicate locks, they shred the beautiful robes I won me, my round limbs bleed on the mountain rocks, save me ere they have quite undone me. Hear ye not, hear ye not. Speak at last, speak at last, in the might of your strength, in the strength of your right, speak out at last to the treacherous spoiler. Say, will ye harry her in our sight? Ye shall not trample her down, nor soil her. Loose her bonds, let her rise in her loveliness, our virginal sister, or, if ye shame her, dark Amnon shall rue for her sore distress, and her sure revenge shall be that of Tamar. Speak at last. 
Edmund Clarence Stedman. Then, in 1873, came what was certain to come, sooner or later, an outrage by Spain against the United States. The Virginius, a vessel of American register, was captured on the high seas by a Spanish gunboat, taken to a Cuban fort, and some fifty of her officers and crew, Americans for the most part, summarily shot. America was wild with rage, but Spain was permitted to settle by paying an indemnity. The Gospel of Peace, 1873 Aye, let it rest, and give us peace. Tis but another blot on freedom's fustian flag, and gold will gild the unclean spot. Yes, fold the hands and bear the wrong as Christians over meek, and wipe away the bloody stain and turn the other cheek. What boots the loss of freemen's blood beside imperiled gold? Is honor more than merchandise, and cannot pride be sold? Let Cuba groan, let patriots fall, Americans may die. Our flag may droop in foul disgrace, but peace be still our cry. Aye, give us peace, and give us truth, to nature, to resign the counterfeit which freedom wears upon her banner fine. Remove the stars, they light our shame, but keep the stripes of gore, and craven white to tell the wrong a prudent nation bore. James Jeffrey Roche the insurrection in Cuba dragged on, its horrors steadily increasing, and at last, in 1875, the American government intimated that if Spain did not stop the war, foreign intervention might become necessary. Spain took the hint and ended the struggle by granting Cuba certain reforms. Cuba Isle of a summer sea, fragrant with Eden's flowers, God meant thee to be free, and wills thee to be ours. The blood of generous hearts has freely drenched thy soil. That blood but strength imparts, which tyrants cannot foil. Within thy fair retreat, mid victory and flame, thy sons shall yet repeat huzzas in freedom's name. Yet where his ashes rest, whose eye revealed a world, from towers and mountains crest, our flag shall be unfurled. In truth, it is but just that freedom's hand should hold, confined to her trust, the key to lands of gold. Harvey Rice But with a cynical disregard of good faith, Spain kept only such of her promises as she pleased. Increased abuses followed, and in 1895 revolution flamed out again. Under such leaders as Gomez, Maceo, and Garcia, the revolutionists soon gained control of most of the provinces. Cuba to Colombia, April 1896 A voice went over the waters, a stormy edge of the sea. Fairest of freedom's daughters, have you no help for me? Do you not hear the rusty chain clanking about my feet? Have you not seen my children slain, whether in cell or street? Oh, if you were sad as I, and I as you were strong, you would not have to call or cry, you would not suffer long. Patience, have I not learned it under the crushing years? Freedom, have I not earned it, toiling with blood and tears? 
not of you my banners wave not on egyptian shore or by armenia's mammoth grave but at your very door oh if you were needy as i and i as you were strong you should not suffer bleed and die under the hoofs of wrong is it that you have never felt the oppressor's hand fighting with fond endeavor to cling to your own sweet land were you not half dismayed there in the century's night till to your view a sister's aid came like a flash of light oh what gift could ever be grand enough to pay the debt if out of the starry western land should come my lafayette will carleton american sympathy was soon awakened and grew rapidly in strength this was increased when spain placed valeriano whaler in command in cuba whaler had an evil reputation for cruelty and extortion and at once proceeded to make it more evil by exterminating the pacificos or quiet people who were taking no active part in the war cuba libre comes a cry from cuban water from the warm dusk antilles from the lost atlanta's daughter drowned in blood as drowned in seas comes a cry of purpled anguish see her struggles hear her cries shall she live or shall she languish shall she sink or shall she rise she shall rise by all that's holy she shall live and she shall last rise as we when crushed and lowly from the blackness of the past bid her strike lo it is written blood for blood and life for life bid her smite as she is smitten stars and stripes were born of strife once we flashed her lights of freedom lights that dazzled her dark eyes till she could but yearning heed them reach her hands and try to rise till they stabbed her choked her drowned her till we scarce could hear a note ah those rusting chains that bound her oh these robbers at her throat and the kind who forged the fetters ask five hundred years for news stake and thumbscrew for their betters inquisitions banished jews chains and slavery what reminder of one red man in that land why these very chains that bind her bound columbus foot and hand shall she rise as rose columbus from his chains from shame and wrong rise as morning matchless wondrous rise as some rich morning song rise a ringing song and story valor love personified stars and stripes espouse her glory love and liberty allied Joaquin miller the situation of americans in havana began to cause uneasiness and it was decided to send a ship of war to that port the battleship maine was selected for this duty and reached havana on the morning of january twenty fourth eighteen ninety eight the parting of the ways untrammeled giant of the west with all of nature's gifts endowed with all of heaven's mercy blessed nor of thy power unduly proud peerless in courage force and skill and godlike in thy strength of will before thy feet the ways divide one path leads up to heights sublime the other downward slopes where bide the refuse and the wrecks of time choose then nor falter at the start o choose the nobler path and part 
Be thou the guardian of the weak, Of the unfriended, thou the friend. No guerdon for thy valor seek, No end beyond the avowed end. Wouldst thou thy godlike power preserve? Be godlike in the will to serve. Joseph B. Gilder on the morning of February 16, 1898, the news flashed over the country that on the previous evening the Maine had been blown up at her anchorage and that 264 men and two officers had been killed. The Men of the Maine, February 15, 1898 Not in the dire and sanguined front of war, conquered or conqueror, mid the dread battle peal, did they go down to the still underseas with fair renown to weave for them the hero martyr's crown they struck no blow gainst an embattled foe with valiant-hearted saxon hardihood they stood not as the essex sailors stood so sore bestead in that far chilean bay yet no less faithful they these men who in a passing of the breath were hurled upon death no warning the salt-scented sea-wind bore, No presage whispered from the Cuban shore Of the appalling fate That in the tropic night-time lay in wait To bear them whence they shall return no more. Some lapsed from dreams of home and love's clear star Into a realm where dreams eternal are, And some into a world of wave and flame Wherewith they came To living agony that no words can name, Tears for them all, and the low-tuned dirge funeral. Their place is now, with those who wear, green set about the brow, the deathless immortales, the heroes torn and scarred, whose blood made red the barren ocean dells, fighting with him the gallant ranger bore, daring to do what none had dared before, to wave new world banner, freedom starred, at England's very door. Yet with such noble ones their names shall stand, As those who heard the dying Lawrence speak, His burning words upon the Chesapeake, And grappled in the hopeless hand to hand. With those who fell on Erie and Champlain, Beneath the pouring pitiless battle rain, With such as these are lost men of the main. What, though they faced no storm of iron hail, That freedom and the right might still prevail, the path of duty it was theirs to tread, To death's dark vale, through ways of travail led, And they are ours, our dead. If it be true that each loss holds a gain, It must be ours through saddened eyes to see, From out this tragic holocaust of pain, The whole land bound in closer amity. Clinton Scollard The Word of the Lord from Havana February 16th, 1898 Thus spake the Lord, Because ye have not heard, Because ye have given no heed To my people in their need, Because the oppressed cried From the dust where he died, And ye turned your face away From his cry in that day. Because ye have bought and sold That which is above gold, Because your brother is slain, While ye get you drunk, with gain. Behold, these are my people, I have brought them to birth, on whom the mighty have trod, the kings of earth, saith the Lord God. 
because ye have fawned and bowed down, lest the spoiler frown, and the wrongs that the spoiled have borne, ye have held in scorn. Therefore, with rending and flame, I have marred and smitten you. Therefore, I have given you to shame, that the nations shall spit on you. Therefore, my angel of death hath stretched out his hand on you. Therefore, I speak in my wrath, laying command on you. Once have I bared my sword, and the kings of the earth gave a cry. Twice have I bared my sword, that the kings of the earth should die. Thrice shall I bear my sword, and ye shall know my name, that it is I. Ye who held peace less than right, when a king laid a pitiful tax on you, hold not your hand from the fight, when freedom cries under the axe on you. I who called France to you, call you to Cuba in turn. Repay, lest I cast you adrift, and you perish astern. Ye who made war that your ships should lay to at the beck of no nation, make war now on murder that slips the lease of her hounds of damnation. Ye who remembered the Alamo, remember the main. Richard Hovey Half-Mast February 16th, 1898 On every schoolhouse ship and staff from Frisco clear to Marblehead, let droop the starry banner now, in sorrow for our sailors dead. Half-mast, half-mast o'er all the land, the verdict wait, your wrath restrain, half-mast for all the gallant band, the sailors of the main. Not till a treachery is proved, his sword the patriot soldier draws. War is the last alternative, be patient till ye know the cause. Meanwhile, half-mast o'er all the land. The verdict wait, your wrath restrain, half-mast for all the gallant band, the martyrs of the main. Lloyd Mifflin The Fighting Race February 16th, 1898 Read out the names, and Burke sat back, and Kelly drooped his head, while Shea, they call him Scholar Jack, went down the list of the dead. Officers, seamen, gunners, marines, the crews of the gig and yawl, the bearded man and the lad in his teens, carpenters, coal-passers, all. Then knocking the ashes from out his pipe, said Burke in an offhand way, were all in that dead man's list by Cripe, Kelly and Burke and Shea. Well, here's to the main, and I'm sorry for Spain, said Kelly and Burke and Shea. Wherever there's Kelly's, there's trouble, said Burke, wherever fighting's the game, or a spice of danger in grown man's work, said Kelly, you'll find my name. And do we fall short, said Burke, getting mad, when it's touch and go for life? Said Shea, it's thirty-odd years, bedad, since I charged to drum and fife. Up Mary's Heights and my old canteen stopped a rebel ball on its way. There were blossoms of blood on our sprigs of green, Kelly and Burke and Shea, and the dead didn't brag. Well, here's to the flag, said Kelly and Burke and Shea. I wish twas in Ireland, for there's the place, said Burke, that we'd die by right, in the cradle of our soldier race, after one good stand-up fight. My grandfather fell on Vinegar Hill, and fighting was not his trade, but his rusty pikes in the cabin still, with Hessian blood on the blade. Aye, 
Ay, said Kelly, the pikes were great when the word was clear the way. We were thick on the roll in ninety-eight, Kelly and Burke and Shea. Well, here's to the pike and the sword and the like, said Kelly and Burke and Shea. And Shea, the scholar, with rising joy, said, We were at Ramillies. We left our bones at Fontenoy and up in the Pyrenees. Before Dunkirk, on Landon's plain, Cremona, Lille, and Ghent, we're all over Austria, France, and Spain, wherever they pitched a tent. We've died for England from Waterloo to Egypt and Dargai, and still there's enough for a corps or crew, Kelly and Burke and Shea. Well, here's to good honest fighting blood, said Kelly and Burke and Shea. Oh, the fighting races don't die out, if they seldom die in bed, for love is first in their hearts, no doubt, said Burke, then Kelly said. When Michael, the Irish archangel, stands, the angel with the sword, and the battle dead from a hundred lands, arranged in one big horde, our line that for Gabriel's trumpet waits will stretch three deep that day, from Jehoshaphat to the Golden Gates, Kelly and Burke and Shea. Well, here's thank God for the race and the sod, said Kelly and Burke and Shea. Joseph I. C. Clark a wave of fierce wrath swept over the American people. But Captain Sigsby, of the destroyed ship, asked that judgment be suspended till the cause of the accident had been investigated. On the Eve of War O God of battles, who art still, the God of love, the God of rest, subdue thy people's fiery will, and quell the passions in their breast. Before we bathe our hands in blood, we lift them, to thy holy rood. The waiting nations hold their breath to catch the dreadful battle-cry, and in the silence as of death the fateful hours go softly by. O hear thy people where they pray, and shrive our souls before the fray. Before the sun of peace shall set, we kneel apart a solemn while. Pity the eyes with sorrow wet, but pity most the lips that smile. The night comes fast, we hear afar, the baying of the wolves of war. Not lightly, O oh, not lightly, Lord, let this awful task begin. Speak from thy throne a warning word above the angry faction's din. If this be thy most holy will, be with us still, be with us still. Donske Dandridge, Good Friday, 1898 Spain, without waiting for investigation, announced that the main had been blown up by an explosion of her magazines, due to the carelessness of her officers. The American people waited in ominous silence for the investigation to be concluded. To Spain, a last word. Iberian, palter no more. By thine hands, thine alone, they were slain. Oh, t'was a deed in the dark. Yet mark, we will show you a way, only one, by which ye may blot out the stain. Build them a monument, whom to death sleep, in their sleep ye betrayed. Proud and stern let it be, Cuba free. So only the stain shall be raised, so only the great debt be paid. Edith M. Thomas Meanwhile the sailor dead were buried in the cemetery at Havana, with impressive ceremony. They were afterwards disinterred and placed in the military cemetery at Arlington on the Potomac.
the martyrs of the main. And they have thrust our shattered dead away in foreign graves, exiled forever from the port the homesick sailor craves. They trusted once in Spain, they're trusting her again, and with the holy care of our own sacred slain. No, no, the stripes and stars must wave above our tars. Bring them home. On a thousand hills the darling dead of all our battles lie, in nooks of peace, with flowers and flags, but now they seem to cry, from out their biovac, here every good man Jack belongs, nowhere but here, with us. So bring them back, and on the Cuban gales a ghostly rumor wails, bring us home. Poltroon, the people that neglects to guard the bones, the dust, the revered relics its warriors have bequeathed in trust. But heroes, too, were these who sentineled the seas, who gave their lives to shelter us in careless ease. Shall we desert them, slain, and proffer them to Spain as alien mendicants, these martyrs of our main? No, bring them home. Rupert Hughes at last the investigation was ended, and showed that the main had been blown up from the outside, probably by a submarine mine, exploded by men who wore the uniform of Spain. The report reached Congress March 28, 1898, and on April 11th, President McKinley asked Congress for authority to establish an independent government in Cuba. El Emplazado El Emplazado, the summoned the doomed one, Spain whom the nations denounce and abhor. Robe thy dismay in the black San Benito, come to the frowning tribunal of war. Cursed were thy minions, their roster and scutcheon, Alvas, Alfonsos, archarchons of hate, pillared on bigotry, pride and extortion, topples to ruin thy mansion of state. Violence, cruelty, intrigue, and treason, these false courtiers who flattered thy throne, empires, thy sisters, forebode thee disaster, even thy children, their mother disown. Suppliant Cuba, thy daughter forsaken, famished and bleeding and buffeted sore, ghastly from gashes and stabs of thy rancor, binds up her wounds at an alien door. Courts and corregidors erst at thy bidding, Banished or butchered, Moresco and Jew, Ghost from all Christendom, shades of the martyrs, Flock from the sepulchre thee to pursue. Wrath of retributive justice o'ertakes thee, Brand of time's malice and blisters thy brow. Armed caballeros and crowned kings of Bourbon, All are unable to succor thee now. El Emplazado, the summoned, the doomed one, God's inquisition condemns thee to-day. Earth-shaking cannonballs thunder thy sentence, Heaven re-echoes the auto-da-fe. William Henry Venable On April 19, 1898, Congress adopted a resolution declaring that Spanish rule in Cuba must cease, recognizing the independence of the Cubans and empowering the President to use the entire land and naval forces of the United States to drive Spain from the island. It was, in effect, a declaration of war. Battle Song When the vengeance wakes, when the battle breaks, and the ships sweep out to sea, when the foe is neared, when the decks are cleared, and the colors floating free, when the squadrons meet, when it's fleet to fleet, and front to front with Spain, from ship to ship, from lip to lip, 
pass on the quick refrain, remember, remember the main. When the flag shall sign, advance in line, train ships on an even keel. When the guns shall flash and the shot shall crash and bound on the ringing steel, when the rattling blasts from the armored masts are hurtling their deadliest rain, let their voices loud through the blinding cloud cry ever the fierce refrain, Remember, remember the main. God's sky and sea in that storm shall be fate's chaos of smoke and flame. But across that hell every shot shall tell not a gun can miss its aim. Not a blow shall fail on the crumbling mail, and the waves that engulf the slain shall sweep the decks of the blackened wrecks with a thundering dread refrain. Remember, remember the main. Robert Burns Wilson England was the only country in Europe whose sympathies were openly with the United States. In France, Italy, and elsewhere, the hostility to America was bitter and outspoken. Greeting from England America, dear brother land, while yet the shotted guns are mute, accept a brotherly salute, a hearty grip of England's hand. Tomorrow, when the sulphurous glow of war shall dim the stars above, be sure the star of England's love is over you, come weal or woe. Go forth in hope, go forth in might, to all your nobler self be true that coming times may see in you the vanguard of the hosts of light. Though wrathful justice load in train, your guns be every breach they make a gateway pierced for mercy's sake, that peace may enter in and reign. Then should the hosts of darkness band against you, lowering thunderously, flash the word brother o'er the sea, and England at your side shall stand exulting for though dark the night and sinister with scud and rack the hour that brings us back to back but harbingers the larger light london chronicle april twenty second eighteen ninety eight diplomatic relations between spain and the united states were at once severed and on april twenty fifth eighteen ninety eight congress formally declared that war with the kingdom of spain had existed since april twenty first the first blow was to be struck with surprising suddenness battle cry may first eighteen ninety eight the loud drums are rolling the mad trumpets blow to battle the war is begun and we go to humble the pride of an arrogant foe the ensign and standard which wave for the crown of Castile and Aragon, trample them down. Granada and Leon and haughty Navarre shall lower their banner to Cuba's lone star. Now under old glory, the blue and the gray, united march shoulder to shoulder away to meet the Hidalgos in furious fray. With musket and haversack ready are we to tramp the globe over to sweep every sea from isles of dead Philip to florida's key we think of the main and our hot bosoms swell with rage of love's sorrow which vengeance must quell and then we are ready to storm gates of hell our flag streams aloft by the tempest unfurled we strike for a continent nay for the world mean tuckle up harson the thunder is hurled the ensign and standard which wave for the crown of castile and aragon trample them down 
Granada and Leon and haughty Navarre shall lower their banner to Cuba's lone star. William Henry Venable Thousands of miles away, across the Pacific, lay another island dependency of Spain, the Philippines. The Navy Department, with singular foresight, had been gradually increasing the Asiatic Squadron, commanded by Commodore George Dewey, and that officer was carefully preparing for the work he saw before him. The fleet was assembled at Hong Kong, and on April 26, 1898, came a cablegram to Dewey stating that war had commenced and ordering him to proceed at once to the Philippines and capture or destroy the Spanish fleet there. At two o'clock the next afternoon, the American fleet started on its 600-mile journey. It reached Manila on the night of April 30th and steamed straight into the harbor. Just One Signal May 1st 1898. The war path is true and straight. It knoweth no left or right. Why ponder and wonder and vacillate? The way to fight is to fight. The officer of the deck hath climbed to a perch aloft. He leaned far out, and he craned his neck, and his tones were gentle and soft. I see, he whispered, off there to port, through the night shade lesser black, the darker blur of the outer fort, preparing for the attack. They signaled it so, the sharp and short, the answer was signaled back, keep on. Again from the upper air came the quiet voice of the guide, the admiral's flagship's over there, two miles on the starboard side. It's a long, long way for the best of eyes, but I know her by moon or sun. I know her by lines and I know her by size, and there goes her warning gun. That boat will make a most excellent prize, said the admiral, when we've won. Keep on. The whispering came again. I think by the hints and signs appearing ahead of us now and then that we're getting among their minds. Ten fathom in front, as the searchlights show, I fancy that I can detect the line of their outermost works. Ah, no, it is nearer than I'd suspect. The message was sent to the admiral so, and he answered to this effect. Keep on. The haze of the dawning day slid into the shades of night. And he called, Off there in the upper bay, they're lining their ships for a fight. I think they are training on us. No more, he said, for the dawn was lit, by the blaze of a gun from the neighboring shore, and he fell to the deck, hard hit. They signaled. The first man struck, as before. The admiral answered it. Keep on. The sun came over the hills, as wishing a world-wide wheel, and the guns were fired with the aim that kills, and steel pierced heart of steel. In the line of shore was the fringe of hell, and the center of hell was the sea, and the woe was the woe no tongue may tell, and no eye view tearlessly. And over that crater of bomb and shell the signal continued to be, Keep on. O Lawrence, whose passing cry grows ever the more sublime, and thou, O Nile King, whose word shall die when we learn the death of time, we send you the third of a glorious three we send you a battle shout that echoes up from the blood-thick sea and up from the wreck and rout and down from the staff on the high cross tree where the flag is signaling out keep on the war-path is true and straight it knoweth no left or right mars loves not the man who would deviate for the way to fight is to fight End of section 6